0: Hello, Stackers, and welcome back to another Creation Corner episode. As a quick catch-up for all the weird things happening over this holiday season, first of all, we want to wish you all a Happy New Year. And then as we enter into 2022, we have some things going on. Thankfully, my part of the move at work is over, and so a lot of the things that were distracting me work-related are now successfully in the past, and I'm very thankful about that. And so I will be able to focus a bit more on Stack of Dice, thankfully. And at the same time, as I am clearing up, poor Catherine is having some work-related issues that are demanding her attention. And so uh, we are going to have to do some filler material until we can get back to recording for actual play episodes. And so we're going to have a couple of Creation Corner episodes. This week and next week, we will have some filler content of Creation Corner episodes and Depending on how things go, we may have another week of special content, and then after that hopefully we will have been able to meet and do some actual play recording and we'll have some continuation of our ongoing story. So I'm really looking forward to that, but at the same time, this is a lot of fun too. I always find Creation Corner episodes to be a lot of fun and a good way to talk about interesting ways to approach the game. And with me to talk about things is Thane. Hey guys, I'm back. I'm very glad you're here. Me too. Yeah. So speaking of games this week, Thane, you've been talking with me about some of the other game systems that you have been dabbling with. And so we wanted to take some time, first of all, to talk about why that can be a good thing, playing around with other game systems, but also get some specifics on what game systems in particular you've been playing with and see what they can do for us. And then next week, what we'll do is we'll talk about how we can take elements that we like from those games and work them into a Dungeons and Dragons game that may not have some of the mechanics and special things that draw us to these other systems. Yeah. So Thane, D&D is not the only show in town. Far from it. Over the years, D&D was kind of the grandfather of these types of games. And then all these others started popping up as I guess people were, dissatisfied with the system or what thought they had a better approach or a host of different reasons what's the benefit of trying different game systems
1: well especially what we're going to be uh discussing in the follow-up episode to this is you know, looking at other game systems and seeing how they handle role-playing mechanics is an interesting way to expand your methods of storytelling not everything has to be resolved with a fight There are other things to award other than combat encounters. Yes. Um, And there's just all sorts of different aspects to telling stories than just, here's my character, here's what he can do in a fight, and here's Mm -hmm. the stuff that he can carry, which is not all that Dungeons and Dragons is about, but that's kind of what usually gets focused on because Mm -hmm. it's the most exciting usually, Um, but no dramatic anyway. Other role-playing systems will show you other ways to kind of quantify aspects of characters, other ways to convey experiences in the group setting. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, like all other role-playing games, are really just cooperative storytelling games um, yeah. that's get, that are structured usually through the randomness of dice and, and uh, certain statistics. Really what other role-playing games do is they just show you other ways to think about these core mechanics rather than, um, I don't know. It's, it just gives you other ways to think about the genre.
0: You're basically potentially mining other systems uh, and being exposed to new ideas and ways of presenting stories in a mm-hmm. collaborative environment. And so there can be a lot of benefit to that. Yeah, I fully agree. And, you know, for the most part, when you're in any hobby, it's kind of good to get out there and see what else is around so you get a well-rounded view of what's available to you. And so, Stackers, if you have any favorite game systems outside of Dungeons & Dragons, please do let us know about it on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice or by email at stack.odice at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you about game systems that you have tried, perhaps that we will talk about in this episode or some of the many that we will not be able to cover. But please do let us know about those and what is it about them that draws you to them. If we get enough feedback, we could even do a follow-up episode and give some of these a shake ourselves and see... One shot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something or, or just a browse of the rules to see what's interesting about them. Yeah. Uh, but what I really like about looking around like that is getting ideas for ways that you could enhance a traditional Dungeons & Dragons campaign. People have wonderful ideas all the time. And so it'd be nice to tap into those and maybe pull them in. And maybe in some way you could influence the direction of D&D itself. That'd be kind of neat. Possibly. Stackers, try it out. Check out the ones we're going to share with you. Check out itch.io for other interesting sounding titles. There
1: are so many out there. Yeah.
0: And uh, try them out. Let us know what you think. So with that, let's roll into some of the game systems that you've been trying.
1: I've done some looking around. I enjoy searching the hidden places of the internet and looking for new ways to roleplay and and uh, interesting ways to tell stories. A lot of the things I'm going to be talking about I found on a website called itch.io, which is a great website where just a lot of indie developers can put out things that they're working on, video games or or physical games, um, like what we're going to be talking about. One of the first and major game systems that I've found that really caught my fancy that I've actually started a game with is a system called Cairn, C-A-I-R-N, like the the kind of tomb. It's a really simple uh, rules-light RPG. There's not much in the way of actual mechanics to it. But one of the things that I really like about it is the fact that there are so few hard and fast rules and statistics. It's a very narrative-driven role-playing game that focuses more on the players and the dungeon master just kind of coming up with their own things to fit in with the story rather than being bound to all sorts of mechanical rules. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, uh, so can you give us some examples of how that happens? What is it that, maybe some examples of what makes Cairn so different from Dungeons & Dragons?
1: One of the major things in Cairn that makes it different from D&D is the fact that there are no classes, mm. no races, and no backgrounds for you to choose from, and and subsequently that you're not locked to in character creation. Dungeons & Dragons revolves around the character uh, class system that really determines your hit points and your equipment and your uh, abilities, stuff like that. With Cairn... It's not so much built off of that. Your character can be whatever race um, and of whatever persuasion you want you them want to be, uh, as long as your dungeon master is okay with that. The major thing in Karen is that your abilities are decided by what stuff your character has. Hmm. If you have a length of rope, then you're probably going to be able to climb stuff or tie things up. You got like a disguise kit, then you're going to be pretty good at putting on other, other faces it's just kind of whatever you have that determines what you're able to do. That makes sense. I really like, yeah, uh, and it really encourages characters to come up with interesting things to give their characters, uh, in character creation to really kind of show what kind of character they want to play.
0: And also it encourages, I think creative use of your inventory.
1: Yes. Um, on the, standard character sheet that provided with the with the rulebook your inventory is just 10 spaces hmm. so you can only hold 10 things at a time and they distinguish between just like normal things like like a dagger or or a um a length of rope and bulky things like a bow or some larger thing that would carry that would take up two slots um and of course like for little pocket things you could always write those in in separate notes or whatever but just for the things that actually Give you stuff to do, those take up spaces in your inventory. And so you only have so much room in that uh, to really work with. And so,
0: how about things like magic? Are there certain items that give you magical abilities, or can you just do magic? Or you know, how does that work?
1: If you want to be able to cast magic, Karen uh, provides the spell book. It could really take on whatever flavor you want it to, but you, there has to be something that gives you magical power. Basically, um, spellbooks are the easiest way to do that because they just hold all the magical knowledge that your character would have access to and provides the you know, capacity for spellcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how spellcasting works is very freeform. They provide a list of 100 spells to use that are really just described in a sentence in a sentence or two, where it's just kind of, this spell does this. It doesn't tell you casting time or components or duration, range, um, all that stuff. It's just kind of, this spell does this. And you can really interpret that to however you want it to. And, of course, it does. If those aren't all the spells you can cast. You can, for sure, just come up with whatever. Again, a lot of it is just kind of what the players in the dungeon master come up with and agree on. Okay. Um,
0: so, yeah, I could see that being very beneficial for story. Very, very. Getting rules out of the way to allow creative thinking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is very much... I like to think of it as a good introduction to the concept of role-playing uh, because it's so so easy on rules uh you don't have to spend so much time explaining mechanics and specifics to players you know how 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 do we order initiative or um in you know in what sequence do turns happen it's just kind of it's a sandbox okay so
0: what does the character creation process look like then
1: so you've got strength dexterity and willpower which are your three governing attributes Really, what you do is you just take 3d6, roll them, add them together, and that's your first ability score. And then you do that for all three of your stats. So, you know, ranging from 3 to 18, mm-hmm. that's going to be your strength, dexterity, and willpower. And then. And higher is better. Yeah, higher is better because how you test those attributes is you roll a d20 and you're aiming to either meet the number or roll below it. Mm-hmm. So, the higher the number, the more likely you're, you are to succeed at what you're trying to do. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Anything else about Cairn?
1: What I also like is the, uh, is the combat is a lot more streamlined. Hmm. Um, I think combat is ordered in just straight-up dexterity uh, score, so it's not really rolling. It's just who's naturally the fastest uh, usually acts first in, in combat. How Cairn does it is that you have hit protection, which is just a straight—you just roll a d6 at character creation, and that's what it is, uh, regardless of whatever uh, your character does for a lifetime or, or who they are. And basically, that's kind of your ability to avoid taking serious damage. Weapons just have a damage die associated with them, and you don't roll to hit; you just roll to damage. Mm-hmm. And so it's—it's it's a lot more direct. There's a lot less room for caution in Karen. It's really built to make you avoid confront like direct armed confrontation whenever possible because it is very deadly. Yeah. Because once your hit protection is out, you are knocked down and you have to roll on a wound table, which could have a good effect, could have a very bad effect on your character. Interesting. Could straight up kill him. Characters are very mortal in Karen, which I quite like. The major the main way to get killed is damage after your hit protection is out goes into your strength Hmm. and so when your strength is depleted due to damage sustained you die similarly if your dexterity is depleted you're paralyzed you know by whatever effect and willpower leaves you delirious
0: Hmm. super interesting where can stackers find cairn
1: like i said you can find this on itch.io we'll be leaving a link to the page in the show notes that's right
0: yeah and is there a cost associated with cairn i don't remember exactly We'll take a look. We'll leave something like a little table in the show notes that yeah. shows the approximate price. Some of this stuff, I'm sure, is pay what you think is fair. Yeah,
1: that's that's how the majority of things on itch work.
0: Mm-hmm. And so we'll try and make it easy for you to get to it. So, stackers, if you're interested in any of the game systems we talk about in this episode, please do check out our show notes. Alright, so that's Karen. What else do you have?
1: Um, another one that I like um is very similar to Karen. It's called Weird North. Hmm. Um and it's it actually cites Karen as one of its influences. And in a lot of in a lot of mechanics, it's very similar, but it does have a class system. Okay. Uh there are six different archetypes for you to choose from. Um and even then they're they're still fairly bare bones. They really just decide what kind of equipment you have and some of the abilities that you own. But one of the interesting things is choosing an archetype is also very integral to deciding what kind of a character you are rather than just what you can do. Hmm. For example, there's the contender archetype, which is a very uh, bellicose character in that when you choose it, you get some equipment, and then there's also a little... um, question it asks you uh what's a taunt you can't refuse Hmm. uh and so it's it's taunts against like your family taunts against your friend against your name against uh the land you come from stuff like that sounds Um, very similar in concept to the bonds and flaws basically it's kind of like that but it's it's baked into your character so you choose this contender and you're already signing up to being kind of susceptible to certain kinds of of jabs uh verbal jabs and in addition to that leveling up with an archetype is different for each one because you start off by picking an ability and then the other four that there are are basically abilities that you can choose to uh, when you level up which happens when you gain a treasure or fulfill an archetype specific goal with a contender that's defeating an infamous foe Mm -hmm. so anytime you challenge and defeat some enemy that that is famous or or well-known or something like that, then you get a new ability. There is one that I don't remember that gains an ability every time it fulfills a prophecy Hmm. or learns a secret or uh, establishes a new culinary trend. So each of the
0: classes has different objectives. Presumably, you have free reign to add or remove as needed to build a specific character.
1: Exactly. Um, And what's neat in that is that it gives... Every player a, a pre established goal to be working towards hmm. which is which is pretty cool, I think. And then also in addition it gives the dungeon master some free material to work with. That's right. Oh, I've got a contender in my, in my group. All right, so I can, I can start working in some interesting fights. I've got an oracular, I think it was called. Okay, so now I need to start making up like some prophecies or whatever that either he can come up with or that he'll solve. It's all sorts of interesting things that really just kind of give you free material to work with in storytelling uh, and that kind of stuff I do enjoy. Great. Anything else
0: about Weird North?
1: um nothing particularly that stands out uh what what is neat is that the uh the rule book also comes at the very end with just a whole bunch of just random generator tables for monsters or societies or um towns all sorts of neat stuff it's just kind of you you need to come up with something here's a couple of dice you can roll to make a place up on the spot
0: okay now this is also part of itch.io it is also on
1: itch.io all right so i have a feeling
0: Pretty much everything we're going to talk about here is available through that site. Almost, almost, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. And do you have any other game systems?
1: So this last one I, I have to break up anyway, is um, it was made actually as a spin-off of uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons back in the 70s. Um, it's called Tunnels and Trolls. And I have absolutely no idea where all you could get your hands on this. I'm pretty sure there are some more recent editions. The book I have is really old and I, I got it from a friend. Um, and the major thing about that system is that it all runs off of D sixes. It's it, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, introducing new players to all the different kinds of dice or, or, um, or whatever. You can just go to your local target, go to the board game section, find a set of those bicycle dice, um, that come in packs of 12 or something like that. And then you're good to go. Yeah. And it's really cool like that. It, it captured my attention for a while. I just thought that was neat. But another interesting mechanic about it is just that your health points, your hit points, were your constitution. You didn't have two separate things for that. Your um, So the more damage you took, the more susceptible you were. Hmm. Um, That's sensible. Which I, I liked a lot. I, I do like the fact that things actually take a toll on your character as, as you adventure on.
0: Is this the system that also includes magic taking a toll on you
1: yes magic also takes a toll on you which also happens in cairn but not as not as physically in in tunnels and trolls spells have a point cost which are deducted from your strength score Hmm. which is interesting because to have a really effective wizard character then you really need to uh put a lot of points into strength yeah so
0: strength is no longer a dump stat (laughs) it is no longer a dump
1: stat for wizards you thought you were safe but no (laughs) uh uh, intelligence certainly does help with that but you put a lot of points into strength and you can keep on casting spells uh and it is possible for you to cast yourself to death
0: interesting yeah that's that's an interesting mechanic that would make for much more careful spell use a lot more careful spell
1: use um Or dramatic scenes whereas a final stand and you just cast yourself to death. I like like that idea a lot. Right.
0: Super. Uh, So the two that I wanted to bring up at the end of this is, number one, many of you stackers who listen to our summer content remember that we had a couple special episodes where we, uh, with the help of Pat Eiler, who is known as Foot of the Mountain Adventures, you can find him on Twitter at mountain underscore foot. He does a lot of custom maps, so if you're looking for... Well done, hand drawn maps for your game table. Check them out at mountain underscore foot to get hold of Pat and uh, commission some maps. But he ran us through a couple of uh, a single adventure over a couple of episodes uh, using a system called Mouse Ritter. And it was fun. It was like this little woodland creature game. And I played Wee Don, who was a big fat mouse. And so we got to run around and do some fun things in this two episode adventure Uh, sounds very similar in concept to what you were talking about with Cairn. Uh, But the thing that really grabbed my attention uh, was the mechanic uh, in the, in the very short rule book, again, rules light, like you were talking about where characters can spend money to improve the community and doing so garners them experience points. And I thought that's a really neat idea because how many games have you been in? How many games have I been in? Where characters just keep racking up gold pieces and halfway through the game, they have all this money that they're never gonna use on anything.
1: I know in a during my time in Snacodice, we gathered so much money that we basically didn't have to worry about expenses anymore. <laughs> it was just kind of like, Yeah, we we probably have that money and it was also kind of how are we carrying all of this? Yeah, so, so, so that's a hand wave is, moment. Yeah, it's just kind of a pocket dimension. That's right. Type thing.
0: And so the benefit of having this in game, it's a double benefit as I see it. Number one, the characters get a chance to dump money back into the fantasy economy and find ways to improve it. That really opens things up for them if they want to turn a village into a fortified city Mm. or if they want to help a farmer get through a drought or any number of things. They can really take the reins of a story And use that to help drive a new direction and open the world up, making it richer and more fun and full. Uh, I like that aspect, but additionally, doing so allows them to gain experience points that they can then use to increase their own abilities, which I find interesting too. So I, I like that aspect of Mouse Ritter in particular. I do too. And then the other thing I wanted to mention before we close up this episode is Unearthed Arcana. And this is an official part of the D&D Wizards of the Coast uh, environment where the developers of the game are working on various new things, new content that they have projected. They want to try it out. They write up a short article and they post it on Unearthed Arcana and then they just make it available to the D&D community. And the benefit of that is you get a glimpse of what kinds of things might be coming. You get a chance to get some free content Uh, savvy players will go in and and try and figure out, okay, what works, what doesn't. And so you get a chance to play around with some things and maybe add some new elements to the game that were not there. That's where we got the Mystic class from. So Womber Bash is a a direct outgrowth of UA. And also the three-pillar experience. That's exactly right. I was going to go there next. Uh, So the three-pillar experience system that we use where you go from zero to 100 and that's a level, you go back to zero... And once you get to 100 again, you're at another level. Uh, That's easy to keep track of, especially for new players. And then also, it encourages exploration and interaction. And so you get rewarded now for finding new places. You get rewarded for talking to influential people. And as a DM who wants to build a world that feels... uh,
1: Like it matters. Yeah,
0: that, that it's living and breathing, I find that really, really fun and engaging. It's, it's fun for me to come up with the characters that you all meet, and I, I hope you have enjoyed some of the characters that you've come across. Almost oh, certainly. And the places, it makes me more invested in describing them in ways that make them hopefully feel more fantastic and more real at the same time. Mm-hmm. By combing through Unearthed Arcana articles and finding what looks like it might be interesting uh, we are able to add new stuff to D and D, and the benefit here is it is a Wizards of the Coast product, and so it's already pre-set to work with D and stuff. So you're not having to learn whole new terminology. You're not having to try and shoehorn it into the game necessarily. Uh, it's already kind of pre-made
1: to fit. Yeah, made, yeah, exactly. What I was going to say, made to fit. Yeah, yeah. it's cool.
0: Good, and so uh, that's that's another great place to check out if you are looking for ways to expand D&D.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you have anything else you want to go over before we wrap this one?
1: Nothing of use.
0: Okay. There you have it, stackers. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this discussion of various different game systems, and hopefully you see the benefit of it. And again, check the show notes for all sorts of fun links to other products and pages. We'd love to hear from you. Again, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice, or feel free to email us at stack.odice at gmail.com. Stick with us next week for another Creation Corner episode where we take these game systems that we just talked about and we try and find ways to take the things that we liked about them and work them into a D and D campaign.
1: Yeah guys, you heard it right. We're making D and D interesting again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well stackers have a wonderful week and we will see you here again next time at Stack of Dice. Oh no, it wasn't recording.